recording with a rather active third participant. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 304 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly. I'm joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello, Sam. And I'm very proud to say, as a father, a little girl who's all grown up, my pussycat is on heat. Um, so I'm going to apologise right now, at the very beginning of the episode, if you hear any horrible animal yowling, if it sounds like she's in pain. She's not. She's just going through a lot of changes in her body that she doesn't understand. Um, and... It struck me as being probably a bit cruel and also probably a bit counterproductive to close her in the bedroom uh, because not only will that make her yowl three times louder and three times more often, but it'll also really confuse her and traumatise her. So she's currently sitting here on the table with us and I'm hoping like hell that she doesn't get in the way of the microphone. Just start Im- me out imagine a player uh, whose nickname is the cat perhaps and, and it's... La Gata. We're joined by Gaston Fernandez. Yes. Um, if she does start yowling too much, then she, she doesn't tend to do it for very long, but I'll, I'll cut those bits from the podcast, so don't worry, you're not going to be assaulted by it. But if she does just a little bit of uh, low-volume stuff, then I'm not going to edit that out, or I'll be editing until 4 Luckily in the morning. she will get asleep, uh, fall asleep now, because... Uh, uh, I hope so. Yes. She looks like she's going to, but you never know with this one. Anyway... Enough about my cat. We're here to talk about Argentine football, not Argentine pussycats. So, without further ado, um, the main topics of conversation this week strike me as, and indeed Andres, as probably being the Copa Argentina, the Copa Sudamericana, um, which got re-going again, or restarted, or however I need to say that, uh, last week, and already one Argentine side have completed their... Um, it's the round of 32, this, isn't it? I yes. think uh, their round of 32 tie. We'll tell you how that went in a few minutes' time. I'm going to go over the Copa Argentina results um, since we last recorded, and actually since a couple of days before we last recorded, because I think there were one or two that we didn't mention. Um, Sorry, so, but um, I forgot whether we discussed about the fixture or not, because it has been released and I don't remember that. The fixtures were released last Thursday, the day after we recorded. So yes, we will talk about the fixture list for the Superliga as well, which has now been made official. It's come out. What are you doing? Yeah, do that. Um, I'm talking to the cat. Um, Copa Argentina, first of all, then. On Monday last week, Agropecuario, um, the team who finished... Were they second in the playoff in the end? They got into the playoffs, didn't they, last season's Bay Nacional, went out to Luján. 1-0. 1-0. Um, Luján, therefore, play Estudiantes de la Plata. San Lorenzo beat Racing de Córdoba 1-0. Um, and will play Colón in an all-Superliga um, 16th of final match. Not quite sure when that is. Vélez Sarsfield suffered the first shock, not certainly by any means the first shock of this Copa Argentina, because it's been full of them, um, but the first shock of the uh, week of, of the new season... Um, 
I guess they drew 1-1 with Central Cordoba de Santiago del Estero and then went out on penalties. Visha Dalmine uh, put Wayorquiza out on penalties. I think we actually mentioned that. We mentioned Wayorquiza for some reason last week, I seem to remember. Uh, Visha Dalmine will play... Well, we'll tell you who they'll play in a minute. Uh, Banfield went out as well in another shock against General La Madrid on penalties after a 1-1 draw. Uh, Tigre did not... Um, weren't the victims of an upset. They they beat Guillermo Brown 1-0. Olimpo beat Aldo Civi in a battle of two of the relegated teams from last season's Superliga. That one ended 1-1 and then ended 4-3 on penalties. I saw snatches of the second half of that and it looked quite uh, entertaining. Um, Independiente were in absolutely no mood to be shocked. They played Central Bachester. Is it Bachester or Balester? Here it's, it's pronounced Bachester, not with the like, like it's Spanish. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Uh, they beat the mate nil. Um, three goals from Martin Benitez, one each from Fernando Gaibor, uh, Maxi Mesa from the penalty spot. Sergio Romero, Brian Romero, who's no relation as far as I'm aware, and Cristian Benavides. Um, San Martín de San Juan and Brown de Adrogué, San Martín, the Superliga side, were another victim of a shock. They went out on penalties after a 0-0 draw. Gimnasia La Plata beat Sportivo Belgrano de San Francisco 1-0. Colón were taken to penalties by... I think I'm right in saying third division at the moment. I think they're in Primera B. Deportivo Moron, 1-1 draw. And Colón ended up going through to play San Lorenzo in the next round. Atletico Tucumán beat Tristan Suarez, 1-0. They will play the winners of Huracán versus Victoriano Arenas, which kicks off in about 70 minutes' time, in fact. Um, River Plate, like Independiente a few days before them, were not in any mood for messing around. They beat Central Norte de Salta 7-0. Godoy Cruz and Defensores Unidos. This is probably the biggest shock in terms of league position between the two, possibly of this season, because Racing went out too. I can't, who, who put Racing out? Uh, against uh, uh, Resistencia, someone from, some, a team from Resistencia. Sarmiento de Resistencia. Yes. Uh, back in May, you might remember, a couple of months ago we talked about yes. that one. Um, Godoy Cruz, Defensores Unidos, are down in Primera C, fourth division. Um, so it, it's competing with that one for the biggest shock of the competition, considering how well Godoy Cruz did in last season's Superliga as well, of course. Um, Atletico de Rafaela thrashed Defensores de Belgrano 4-1 yesterday afternoon. Again, I caught bits of that and it looked like a fairly... Um, straightforward win for the now uh, Be Nacional side um, and Estudiantes de la Plata also yesterday uh, at night beat Central Cordoba lots of Central Cordobas involved this yes. is the original Central Cordoba lot of Centrals of Rosario Chester, Cordoba Norte a lot um, yes uh, they beat the Estudiantes uh, won that one 4-0 uh, River by the way are the team who are playing Vichad Dalmine in the round of 32 that's going that match is on saturday this this coming saturday um, and then as i said this evening there's only the one match Huracan against victoriano arenas tomorrow patronato play san martin de tucumán um, and on friday it's tempele against estudiantes de buenos aires lots of thrilling matchups yes. it is actually proving to be although i'm not going to pretend that I'm watching every single game. The Copa Argentina this year is, is providing the kind of entertainment that um, a knockout competition should. But there is a problem even when, when Copa Argentina has been uh, 
well it's well for 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 especially for teams that uh, dream on uh, on playing against bigger teams like for example River that uh, defeat 7-0 uh, Central Norte similar result than Independiente got against Central another Central yeah, Central Bachester with the Central Norte players uh, uh, looking for the River players after the match uh, looking for a photo or, or an autograph um, because of course they will perhaps never play River again But there is a problem there because Central Norte is for from Federal Bay and Federal Bay, by reasons reasons I don't know, are not playing. And they the last match that Central Norte has had played before this match for Copa Argentina was in February. Oh wow! So they had four months of not non, not playing, only training with new players that couldn't uh, uh, be in the team in official matches. And of course there were complaints about this, but no one will hear because they are very, very small team and perhaps no one will hear o o about them anymore uh, after this match, after the match they lost against River 7-0. Yeah, um, the lower divisions have been reorganized. Yes. I, I put up a post last um, week on Hasta el Gold Siempre, which is the blog I occasionally <laughs> put things up on. Um, and I have to admit, I'm not entirely sure what was going on either. Um, but basically, it's been got rid of um, last so the, year. I think the the, the 2016-17 season. I think was the last. Uh, sorry, the 2017 one because they only played for half a season anyway. Um, so they will play in a new division that still is not uh, with the teams that have to be there. I, I think that everybody who was in the Torneo Federal B goes down or went down rather to the. Um, to the regional leagues the, so, so what was previously below the Federal Bay I think they all just went down to that um, but let's see they might have got maybe they doubled the size of the Federal A or something it's, it's quite difficult to say um, so in the case of Central Norte it should have should be uh, relocated into the uh, north northern leagues local leagues yeah. or, or Salta leagues or uh, with Jujuy teams but yes uh, In, in the list of teams here that are taking part, I mean, A, that's not a particularly long list in the Federal A, and B, I can't see Central Norte's badge there, so I am guessing that that is what happened, because Wikipedia and the reports that I read about it at the time are not really very helpful. They just said, we got rid of it. Yes. So it was like, okay, thanks for that. <laughs> Want to tell us what happened? Nope. Okay. Good. Fine. Uh, so, yeah, they're basically, they're in the Torneo Federal C, I think it's called, which is the one with loads and loads and loads of um, uh, divisions and leagues and whatnot. Let's have a quick Here I have a piece, here, shall we? a piece from uh, Taste of Sports which says that uh, it has been approved that the Federal B and C will, of course, like you said, no longer exist. Yeah. And the Federal A uh, will uh, have 32 teams in, in, instead of 39 and Uh, uh, from 19, from 2019, I mean next year, uh, there will be a regional tournament that will be amateur, uh, yeah. where uh, a lot of clubs will compete in yes in the zone zone leagues. Hmm. Um, yeah, Central Norte are in Group Nine of the Litoral Norte um, section 
of the Federal uh, Federal C, which in spite of the fact the Federal B no longer exists, the Federal C still does exist at the moment at least, um, and is called the Federal C, in, even though there's no B. Um, but as Andres just said, from next season on, it's, it's going to cease to exist and it will be replaced with, I can't remember what the name of the new one's going to be called, um, but basically that. Have a look on astelgolciempre.com if you haven't already seen the post that I put up last week um, about the restructuring of the championships. Um, and another thing that I put up was the fixture list for the Superliga um, in full, but we will get onto that in a little bit. The Copa Argentina while it's being entertaining, is also proving slightly maddening because, as you sort of started to hint, there were a couple of very, well, you mentioned, in fact, there were a couple of very big wins for River and for Independiente, uh, who scored 15 goals between them in their two matches and conceded none. Um, And after the Independiente one in particular, I think less so after the River one because the River one came a couple of days afterwards and everyone was already bored of arguing about it. But uh, there was, bizarrely, some argument about whether Independiente were being bad sports in scoring so many goals. Um, which seemed a bit silly. Yeah. Uh, same as River, uh, as, uh, wondering whether they should have scored less goals or, or, or play perhaps cleaner than they did. Uh, but as, as long as I, I watched River game, there, there weren't any... any Back hills or, or, or place in which they were trying to uh, boast about where they were playing and, and uh, or something like that. Even mm. even the well, the arrivals, as I said. Yeah, there was no piss taking or yes. anything. Look for them after the match and try to to well to to have a, a, a photograph with them and or or, or a, a signature or an autograph and. Uh, there were some perhaps different reaction from the Central Bajester uh, players, or at least the president of Central Bajester, hmm. who was annoyed because some independent uh, players uh, weren't uh, able to or didn't want to change their t-shirts with the their rivals. But this is because some of the of them were debutants. Uh, oh, so they wanted to keep the shirt that they yes. were debuting in, of course, yeah, yes. for, uh, uh, yeah. Like Silva, the Pablo Hernandez, and Benavides. Hmm. Benavides even scoring his first goal, official goal for Independiente. So I think that is, and, and there was there was a kid who also wanted their, his first ever T-shirt uh, in first division playing for Independiente, of course. And luckily it was against Central Ballester, whose players, as well as the Central Norte players, will, will hardly have another chance to play against mm. a first division team. But well, that was the the unlucky uh, thing about the, the, the t-shirts yeah um, how do you feel about scoring loads of goals in a competitive match and you know taking it seriously basically and, and trying to play to win uh, it's, it's, a, it's uncomfortable uh, one way or another, or another because uh, if you score three goals uh, they will say that you were mercy you had mercy but the, uh, uh, you didn't play seriously and if you score nine goals they will say that you were course merciless the other way yeah uh, so there is no a, a point in the middle to to there's nothing well about that so i think that the the better the best thing is to and in this i will agree with prato who river scored the goal for river and said that the best way to play those matches is to play them the way they did uh, seriously scoring all of the goals they could and and of course not nothing 
how to do there with the uh, saying I, I am River, you are Central Norte, and, uh, and I am better than you, and nothing yeah, to exactly. do with that. And, and I mean, I, I also think that the opposite approach, the sort of slightly arrogant, oh, we're going to win this anyway, so there's no point trying too hard. We've already seen where that can lead, because as we mentioned, Racing ended up losing to Sarmiento de Resistencia um, 1-0. We've had other, plenty of other shocks uh, in, in this year's competition as well. Yes, you play relaxed or, or, or too self-confident, things like that could happen. Mm. And the other thing is that if they're trying their best, the best that they can, and the lower division team actually do manage to get a result or to to hold you to only one or two goals or whatever, then that's something then for, that they can actually be proud of. Whereas if it's because they're putting out a bunch of under-16s who are doing nutmegs and step-overs and uh, seal dribbles or whatever all the time, then it's a bit like, oh yeah, well, we only lost 2-1 against River. Well, yeah, but they weren't trying, were they? So it's... um. Yeah, there was a player from Central Norte, Chacan, I think, or no, Chacana, no, one guy, I think it was, uh, who had to ask for uh, a special permit at his, at his work to to be able to play against River. So this is these are differences that uh, will always ex- exist. And, and he was a, f- a fan of River, a supporter, River supporter. Mm. He didn't hide it because he's, a, of course, lower division player. Uh, so he's, Copa Argentina has also these things and... and uh, well, I think that if River or Independiente uh, will have scored three goals, they will have said that it was a, a, a bad uh, performance for them, and now they score seven or eight goals, and oh, they were merciless. Well, whatever. Yeah, and uh, I think it's something that's it, it's you know it's, it's one of the uh, more vocal uh, appealers for. Yes. Some kind of Copa Argentina for several years before the Copa Argentina actually ended up coming into into fashion. It's it's something that I, I like about knockout football. You know, I, li- I like it about the FA Cup as well, which is a competition I grew up with. Obviously, um, the, the fact that these fixtures can can happen. I mean, somebody during towards the end of the River game uh, kept tweeting me as River kept racking up the score. Oh, this is a farce. What a farce. And I was thinking, no, a farce is if River had arranged this as a pre-season friendly and yes. we're expecting to actually learn something from it. A farce, you know, it, um, it's, it's not when, when an actual competition puts these two teams together and you get a result like that. You can say, for example, or, or ask Skoko not to score the first goal that he scored because uh, Santanorte has not played a single game since February because of this, because of the Federal B being uh, just... Uh, eliminated, and they had to wait until 2019 to play in a zone in a regional league, amateur league with no money involved in it. So, uh, well, it's luck- unluckily it's like that. And, and mm. Skoko, Prato, uh, Palacios, the ones who scored the, the goals for River, well, has, have nothing to do with that. Yeah, indeed. Um, Otherwise, I'm trying to look over the the main fixtures that we still have coming up in the current round of the Copa Argentina. It does get a little bit confusing um, because, as we said, River, at least, are going to be playing their last 32 match this Saturday, which is the 28th of July. That is before um, the last 64 actually wraps up. Uh, I mentioned a couple of games down to Temple Estudiantes on Friday. Um, at the weekend, Almagro play Gimnasia de Jujuy on Sunday. Lanús play Douglas Haig um, on Monday next week. Tacheres play Midland on Tuesday of next week. Boca 
uh, on Wednesday next week play Alvarado de Mar del Plata and Rosario Central play Juventud Antoniana of Salta um, on Thursday next week. That's the last game of the current round, but as I say, it's going to be after the next round kicks off, um, which I think is, is on Saturday, right? I mean, I know River are playing yes. on Saturday, but I think that, that's one of the first games. Yes, it is the first game of that. Uh, yeah, we've got kickoff times for that and for Himnasi against Olimpo on, on Sunday afternoon. Um, oh, I was going to say something and I just lost the train of thought somehow while waiting for the page to, to load. Well, about, about the fixture of the Superliga. Thank you. Distances. River yes. had to go not particularly far to uh, Santa Fe to take on Central Bache, uh not Central Bacheste, um See, this is disrespecting your opponent when you forget who who they are. Um, Central Norte, the Salta, um, in a match that I, I think maybe, if anything, slightly closer to Buenos Aires um, than than it was to Salta. Um, for the next game, is is a really silly one because Visha Dalmine are from the Canelo Rios, fifteen fifty kilometers away from Buenos Aires. Yeah, in in sort of the south, isn't it somewhere? In the west, I think. Ah, of course, yes. Thank you. Um, basically, they're from well, pretty much Greater Buenos Aires, uh, not very far outside anyway. And both them and River, who of course are very much from Buenos Aires, um, are going up to Formosa, which is one of the most remote provinces in Argentina, um, to play on Saturday. This, as, as I've said it before and I'll say it again, I'm sure, but I'll say it this time as well. This is what happens when you allow a travel agency to organise a football tournament. Um, it's one thing for River to go that far. River at least are used to travelling vast distances in the Copa Libertadores, uh, travelling uh, across the country for um, for Superliga matches. They've got the players in the right condition to do it and they're going to turn up in Formosa and all of the locals are going to be scrambling for themselves to buy tickets and go and support the team that they never thought they'd get the chance to see in the flesh. It is another thing entirely for Bichard Dalmine um, to have to do that who are nowhere near as used to those conditions and who are going to arrive and who's all of the Vichadalmine fans who are going to be at that game are going to have travelled all the way from Buenos Aires I, I, I don't remember which game was played in the Arsenal Stadium in Sarandí for example uh, that would have been a good uh, a, a good Olimpo against Aldo City well, that would have been a good venue for River against Vichadalmine mm. and against Central Norte which is from Salta to be played there in Formosa, which is closer from to Salta than, uh, of course, uh, Formosa is for yeah. for for Villadarmin and River venues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or, as I've said before, just have the lower division team playing at home in in, in the yes. Copa Argentina as um, a default uh, measure to. Particularly in this some, in this yes. very first round when, when the Superliga teams have just come in and you know that all of the Superliga teams are going to be playing against teams from lower divisions because none of them play against each other. Um, oh, that's not quite true, actually, is it? Because two of them were Superliga teams when the draw was made. Olimpo and Aldo Sibi both got relegated after the draw for the round was made. Um, but you know what I mean. Like If you've got Central Ballester against Independiente or or Central Norte against River, or Defensores de Belgrano against Atletico de Rafael, or Defensores Unidos against Godoy Cruz. Let them play it in their own stadium. Let their fans, as many of their fans as, who can get tickets, be able to go and see the game. 
without having to spend loads and loads of money and possibly take a week off, you know, a couple of days off work or whatever to go to the match. Um, and it, it gives the the big side maybe a little bit more of a challenge as well. Yes. Um, but apparently this isn't an idea that the app particularly like. Well, uh, with this decision of, of uh, literally uh, having Federal B, A and B, uh, not ha- not being play not playing this year. Uh, well, uh, of course, clearly are not giving very important that that importance to the to the regional or the minor uh, clubs that play in the interior. Of course, mm. indeed. Um, moving on, there's been another Copa as well. The Copa Sudamericana has happened. Where's my phone? Because I've got the results on there somewhere. Um, or at least it started to happen. We're currently watching. A match which I have to say from what I've caught in between our little bits of talking and my googling things uh, has been pretty good so far. 40 minutes in, Liga de Quito are 2-0 up at home to Vasco da Gama. Uh, in about an hour and a half, Boston River of Uruguay host Banfield. Um, but the main news from an Argentine point of view so far in this round of 32, I think we said that, I, I said that earlier, didn't I? Yes. Um, is that Lanús are out. They beat Atletico Junior, you might remember, 1-0 last week. Last night, Tuesday night, they lost 1-0. I am at a loss to tell you as to how they managed to lose only 1-0 because Junior were completely on top for the entire yes. game. Um, it was at the, incredibly I think one-sided. the first... Uh, part, well, the, the first perhaps 15-20 minutes, Lanús were, were, were better side. After that, it was only one ma- one team in the in the in the match, and like, incredibly, yes, uh, scored. And it was near near from for uh, close to, to the end of the game. Yeah, uh, the 81st minute, Luis yeah. Diaz fired through a sort of uh, crowd of bodies. Before that that goal, Esteban Andrada, one who is also being looked uh, uh, looked by Boca. Boca now it uh, has been mentioned. Uh, they it, there have been mentioned eleven goalkeepers for for Boca as uh, well. Austin Rossi again showed the uh, not a very good shape last night in a, of course a friendly that you have you don't have to make a decision because of a friendly but again was not the his best performance against Colorado Rapids mm. from the United States um, and Andrada who's been of course ha- has been mentioned for for Boca. Uh, uh, saved a lot of, of balls, and that that the one from for the goal, who uh, that appeared to be easier easier, couldn't save it. So uh, uh, it it was said that uh, Andrada will be bought by Villarreal and mm. given a loan to Boca. It's still not decided, but uh, uh, yes, well. Uh, uh, and luckily for Lanús, they their distance for in the first match was this first leg was short, and this I think that well it it's natural to say that they lost there the match the 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 draw there because now in Colombia with the humid weather and the same that suffered Boca when they played for against Junior in the Copa Libertadores mm. uh, they couldn't uh, uh, do do a lot well. Perhaps for the first 15 minutes, but after that, it was everything for Junior. Yeah, um, it was a very impressive performance from Junior and everything but finishing. 
Uh, I think they're going to have to step that up a bit in the next round. I'm not sure who they're playing. But um, they ended up going through on penalties. It wasn't even a particularly impressive penalty shootout for finishing because they won it 3-2 after five penalties each. Um, yes. so Andrada was the one who missed. Yes, he was. Yeah, he blasted yes. it uh, high and wide. There's, that was Lanus's second kick, if I remember right, wasn't it? Yes, uh, yes Maciel scored, then uh, Belmonte was the one who well, missed and mm. then decided the, the elimination for Lanus and to, for Junior to, to access to the round of 16. Um, other, Sorry, 32. Yes. Uh, no. 16. Junior are now through to the round of 16, yes, yes. The, this, these, these matches are in the round of 32. Uh, the other matches that have taken place so far, the Uruguayan Minos Rampla Juniors, my Uruguayan team, uh, drew nil-nil with Independiente Santa Fe, I'm not sure when that one was, the second leg is not being played till next week. Um, Liga de Quito, as I've said, are currently beating Vasco da Gama on the stroke of half-time, 2-0 in the first leg of their fixture. Deportivo Cali beat Bolívar 4-0 in Cali. Um, I think that was no let's check the date actually if I click the match it'll give me the date won't it that was last week yeah and the second leg is in a week and a bit Lanús we've just talked about Defensa Justicia got a 2-0 win over El Nacional of Ecuador um, last Wednesday which I have to admit I was unaware had taken place oh. what were we watching last, last Wednesday as we were recording Oh, actually, we might have had that on, yeah. I, I might have just forgotten about it, because it's ringing a bell now that I'm trying to dig back into the recesses of my memory. Two quick-fire goals. Uh, Nicolás Fernández in the 72nd minute and Cristian Almeida in the 76th minute were enough to win that one anyway for Defensa Justicia. They have the second leg in Ecuador um, on the 31st of July, which is Tuesday next week. Yes. Boston River against Banfield. I've just mentioned the first leg of that kicks off in about an hour and a half. So stay tuned for the full-time score, obviously, at the end of this podcast. Um, and then the second leg is next Wednesday. Um, and the other ties, I'll go through all of them. Why not? I've mentioned enough anyway. Bahia. Um, San Lorenzo plays tomorrow against Deportes Temuco. Yes, they do. Bahia plays Cerro. Uh, that's Brazil against Uruguay. Um, also later tonight, Nacional of Paraguay hosts Botafogo. Late, no, next, next Wednesday. Atletico Paranaense are at home to Peñarol on Thursday. That's another one of the more attractive and ones. In a, in a weird uh, draw, because uh, Lanús has already been out or eliminated mm. by Junior, and Colón is playing the first leg uh, on the 2nd of, of August. It's the first leg, and then the second one is the 16th of August. Oh, yeah. Too far one from another. Yeah, yeah. So, San Lorenzo, as Andres mentions, are hosting Deportes Temuco of Chile course thank you um on thursday um caracas went through against sport Rubancayo of peru 6-3 on aggregate after what looked like a humdinger of a second leg last night at the same time as the lanus second leg um it ended 3-4 to caracas uh, thanks to a 91st minute winner but they very nearly managed to throw away a 2-0 um first leg lead um sol de america drew 0-0 with nacional of uruguay in the first leg and play the second leg of that on the 14th of August. Cuenca host, hosted Wilstermann and drew 2-2 um, last week and the second leg of that one is next Tuesday and Fluminense against Defensor Esporting is... that kicks off next Thursday. Where's Colón? I'll skip past him somewhere. 
Uh, there they are, Sao Paulo yes. against Colonia on Thursday next week as well. Um, that's your Copa Sudamericana roundup. Um, anything else for the first half of the podcast? I don't think so. We've been recording for, yeah, just over yes. half an hour, so I, I think we'll um, call it a break now, refill our glasses, and when we come back we will answer... We've had a fair few listeners' questions this week, so we'll try and answer some of them. And I'm sure something else will occur to us to talk about as well. some questions but as ever I mentioned something in the first half said that we would get to it and then the first half ended and I was like oh, what should we talk about oh I can't remember I remembered as soon as the uh, break set in Superliga fixtures yeah, we said no. we were going to mention it um, the AFA hired a person who owns a computer to sort out the Superliga fixtures actually they hired two people who own computers for different organisations one was at the UBA the University of Buenos Aires and the others were some computer programmers from the United States or something, I didn't really understand it, um, who fed a map of Argentina and a bunch of geographical data in and um, fed in as well data about who played who at home last season and came up with a fixture list for Argentina, which involves uh, nobody travelling significantly more or less than anybody else. Although obviously all of the clubs who are travel who are based outside Greater Buenos Aires are going to be travelling significantly more than all the clubs who are based inside it because they're going to have a bunch of games to play in, in Buenos Aires and only uh, relatively few um, that are short distances away uh, as away trips. Um, the teams who last season played more away matches than home because of the fact there were. No, hang on. Yes, that's right, isn't it? The teams who last season played more away matches than home, this season are going to play more home matches than away. And the teams who last season played more home matches than away, and this season are going to play more away matches than home. What were the other considerations? I can't remember. It was basically a load of, you, of you stuff mentioned... that it was like, if you just gave me this, the afternoon and a few thousand pesos, I would have sat down and drawn you up a fixture list. You but mentioned they the... gave these guys hundreds of millions. You of mentioned the matches that have been played a lot of... Since a lot of years uh, in the same... We didn't. Yes. Because, of course, when we recorded last week, um, the fixture list hadn't been released. It was released on uh, at about 12.30. It was actually slightly delayed, wasn't it? It was released about 12.50. Um, because, slightly amusingly, the AFA website suffered a power cut just as they were about to announce it. So they, they put up a YouTube stream about an hour before the game, uh, before the thing, to, to live stream the announcements, and it went offline. Um because AFA, I mean, why else would it happen? And who else would it happen to? Um, but the, the upshot, so that there was a lot of conspiracy. In particular, there was a big conspiracy because Boca Juniors rigged the draw in order to get the easiest possible set of fixtures, even though they've got to play everybody else just like anybody else does. Um, and particularly in order to not play Vélez in Liniers. They're playing them in the Bombonera at their specific request. If you ask fans of various other clubs if you ask anybody with some common sense and that's bollocks because the AFA had already said that uh, teams who played opponent X at home last season were going to play them away this season and vice versa 
Um, and Boca versus Vélez, the last four times it's been played in the, in the league, has been played in Liniers. It's the last time Boca played Vélez in their own in, in Boca's own stadium was in 2014 or 2015 or like the, the first half of 2015 or the second half of 2014 or something. I think off the top of my head. Um, so it's nothing at all to do with the transfer of Mauro Sarate to Boca and Boca being scared of how the fans might react. Um, in the same way as a lot of other conspiracies, which I'm sure fans of other clubs came up with, uh, probably aren't true either. The one that doesn't look great is the fact that Boca don't have to travel outside Greater Buenos Aires until the first weekend of December or something. Like yes. that, they're going to potentially, if they win all their matches, they will have reached the Copa Libertadores final before having to to make a significant away trip. Um, but that is, I think, and, and you know, we've mentioned before the Afers blindness to what looks good in terms of optics I think that's more just a mistake of oh hang on maybe we should have done this just so it didn't look that bad rather than any actual um, corruption as such but it's very difficult to tell with the effort also Racing complained about the rivers fixture as between the first and the second leg uh, River will travel uh, less because Racing and River are playing each other yes. in the Libertadores um, last 16 carry on sorry uh, but that's also hilarious because of course the Superliga and the fixture of the Superliga is no more managed by AFA, but but by the clubs uh, straight away. But if there is a club that uh, I won't say that were not a benefit, but uh, uh, clearly it has no place, even when, I, as I said, AFA has not mo no more room in the fixture or, or at least organizing the fixture or delivering the the dates and the and the, and the order of play uh, I see like very uh, twisted that River will have better conditions in the fixture because uh, and, and Racing to be prejudiced because Racing has uh, their uh, space in at, at AFA and River ha uh, doesn't have right River uh, currently on, on the executive has less so, yeah. even less uh, room there even as I say repeat again because uh uh, when Superliga in, uh, the Superliga River has uh, the, 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 their space and and, and, and they can perhaps uh, uh, participate in the decisions but uh, yes it's uh, there is a, 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 an expression here in Argentina that you have to somehow cry in order to have your somehow benefits mm. uh, and uh, if not your your supporters or supporters for example, of Blanc, uh, Racing, because Blanco is the president, will insult Blanco because uh, they feel they are like uh, uh, being soft. Uh, and well, it's something that has happened uh, since a lot of time in Argentina, and that's why. Well, Racing uh, uh, complains. River also. Uh, some supporters complain about Boca's fixture because of this. You that you have said that they, they don't, they won't travel. To the interior until December or something like that, or, or will be the less the mm. team that less travels. Uh, it's well, there and then there's, there's going to be a point somewhere else in the fixture, presumably where River are going to end up with a run of matches, um, or within Greater Buenos Aires for a, a, a decent amount of time, and for all of the other clubs based in Greater Buenos Aires as well, where they'll be playing home games and then an, an away game against somebody else from relatively nearby. Um, so yeah, these these conspiracies about the the fixture list, we're not giving them very much truck. 
Um, one interesting thing, and it's certainly not a conspiracy though, um, is that this is going to be the third time in the professional era that we're going to have a whole calendar year, um, and it's the first time in the professional era that we're going to have a whole, ca- whole calendar year where they've both been in the same division without a Racing Independiente Clásico, because they played the only Clásico of last league season was played in the second half of 2017, and the only Clásico of the league season to come is going to be played in 2019. So the whole of 2018 is going to pass, and Racing and Independiente are not going to play one another in the league, um, which is an interesting quirk. The only time that happened before was when Racing um, spent a couple of seasons in the Bay Nacional, or what's now the Bay Nacional. I don't know whether it was called the Bay Nacional at the time, in the 80s. Ah. When, when Racing were down for two years, as a result, there was there was a, a point there where they didn't play each other. Um, so there, there is a hole. And then there was another one at some point, because this was the third I read, so there must have been once in the 40s or 50s or something with a fixture list quirk. And, and this, having hired a, a nerd or a hacker or what, and, mm. and uh, using a system, I, I imagine, based on an algorithm or something like that. Yeah. That Again, I, I don't understand why they... They made this big thing about, oh, we've hired scholars from the University of Buenos Like, just hire somebody with a bit of common sense well, who knows what a fixture list looks like and knows roughly where each team plays. In that case, I don't see it so negative as, well, if, if there is someone that complains about the fixture, look, this this is how we did it. Mm. Uh, it's not that we uh, made it like a draw and put balls in a, or numbers in a, in, a, in a box and took them out and, and said, well, it's River against Boca in the sixth round. No, it's like to give more transparency apparently than in times in which you didn't know even know how they delivered the fixture. I think that that's the point and in, in, that, in that sense I don't see it so so bad. The uh, problem is that as I didn't know that Rust Independiente won't be playing in the whole year for Super League and that's, that's a mistake. Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting yes. rather than. I think that that's, the point is to to demonstrate uh, after after the sure compliance that uh, before the, the the fixture they they were sure that they, that will be that will be and and in fact there were complaints to demonstrate or to show well uh, we have nothing to do with the with the draw but but mm. because we did with a system with a with people that are from the university. Absolutely, yeah. The, I mean, the, the other thing was it was, it was it's nice to at least see them taking it seriously, even if they did perhaps take it a bit more seriously than they needed to by hiring two sets of professionals. Um, because it was getting a bit daft. Like, Vélez Boca, for instance, was not the only fixture that had been played f- three or four times in a row in the same stadium. Um, there, there were a bunch of fixtures uh off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I think there was one to do with River Banfield. I think it was that Banfield hadn't hosted River in three and a half or four years or something. They'd, they'd had to go to the Monumental every time they played them. Um, and, you know, there were various others where if, you, if you're the sort of person who pays attention to the fixture list and who's played who, essentially once the short tournament, short championship um, structure of, of two championships each season uh, ended, since that point, since 2015... There have been a bunch of, of fixtures um, uh, consecutively, which have all been always played in the same stadium. So at least this time, we're going to start to redress that balance a little bit. Um, let's move on to some questions. We've had a bunch. We've had two by email, which I'm going to read out first to make sure I don't forget them, because I always forget the email ones. 
The first is from Lee Bartlett, who says, uh, this was the other question I was meant to be Googling before we recorded. I've just realised. He says, will the rebuilt Estudiantes ground be ready for the forthcoming season? Now, I can give you a very simple answer there, which is no, it won't be. Um, but I will try and give you a better answer than that if I can find one on Google. It's going to be called Estadio Tierra de Campeones or something, isn't it? Let's just type Estadio Estudiantes de la Plata. Um, no, that's the Ciudad de la Plata. I want the Proyecto Estadio. Jorge Luis Hirschi. And it is planned to open in... We still don't have a planned opening date. So, no. Oh. Basically, it doesn't look like there's any more news on that one, I'm afraid. Um, the other question via email is from Ese Tororiki, who says, How hard is the 2018-19 season going to be for Lanús? A topical question, because, of course, as we mentioned, Lanús went out of the Copa Sudamericana last night. Um, I was talking to one-time Hand of Pod person, Phil Carney, who uh, was the gentleman, for those of you who were listening, who was down here for the Copa Libertadores final last year when Lanús uh, were in it. Um, last night on Twitter, I, I had a bit of an exchange with him. And we were, I think, largely in agreement that the main problem really has been that Lanús's whole squad restructuring hasn't had very much of a structure to it. And so against Junior, the first leg victory, actually I was quite surprised by when, when I saw the result, um, because it's a very young team. They're all talented players, but there's not really, with the possible exception of Lautaro Acosta, there's not sort of one wise old head who's tying it all together and, and helping everybody else to helping these younger, less experienced players to come through. Um, it's not been a kind of staggered introduction for these kids. They they saw some action from the sidelines last season, maybe a bit the season before for one or two of them, and now they're going to be expected to start all the time. It's possibly slightly exaggerated by the fact that they signed about seven players over the break, of whom a whole bunch were ineligible for this Copa Sudamericana tie. Uh, one or two were also injured. So once those guys come in, it could be better. It's a squad which has talent, and in this league, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they do significantly better than they did in the league last season. Um, but it is kind of difficult to say, and I think it's going to be an uphill struggle for them to, to build on the success that they had up until sort of the, the Libertadores run of last year. I think it will be hard because uh, Nicolas Russo, the president of Lanús, has admitted that their new model of their project is to uh, put a lot of kids in the, in the in the first division team in order to sell them, mm. and that will be the goal for them. Not perhaps me. Uh, the, the idea for the supporters is to miss the final against Gremio because hard, they will hardly get an, a, another uh, performance or similar performance to that because they had they, they they formed a perfect team or well not perfect because they it would if it would have been perfect they should have won perhaps the Compañeros but to, to to achieve that that final I think is something that they would have even dreamt sometime before uh, as a, a banner I think that it was put in the in the match against River in the same finals of the Compañeros there was a, not a banner a flag that it, it could it could it, it said uh, the biggest uh, club or town club 
is the, the, the club from a town mm. that is biggest, the biggest neighborhood club. Yes, neighborhood Should club in the area. world. Yeah. Uh, and uh, now, uh, as well, it's obvious that uh, Santa is not anymore, that Velasquez is not anymore, Marconi is not anymore. Uh, there are players that uh, m- were remarkably uh, left something in the in the team. Roman Martinez is neither in the club anymore. So, uh, as, and e- e- even and if after that uh, you have to add that uh, Rivas, the one of the signings, couldn't couldn't be uh, in the Copa Sudamericana because of an injury, same as as Acosta. I think that you said that. Mm. Uh, well, of course, it's even worse for them. Uh, but if if Nicolas Russo, the president, admits that they will have to uh, change the the way that he faced or they organized the team to put kids and then sell them, well, that I think that uh, talks about the priority they will have now. Yeah, and it's also kind of backfires on itself because surely it's going to be easier to sell those kids if they're having more success because there are one or two older heads in the squad. Um, so we shall see but I agree it's going to be tricky uh, yes. probably but as I say at the same time in this league it wouldn't surprise me if they actually did quite well Leo Russomano sent us a couple of questions just after we recorded last week um, one of them I, I think was just based on him having misheard something I said so I won't read that one out uh, but the second was one that I kind of agree with actually he says what's with the constant pressure to add refuerzos or signings there's so much being said about River not having signed anyone just maybe, assuming you aren't, you aren't bleeding players to Europe or Mexico, some continuity in the team is a positive thing. I agree with Leo. I think that, by and large, worldwide in modern football, capital M, capital F, um, there has become, or, or there's got to be, a bit of an obsession with signing players, um, particularly you know, being on Twitter. Uh, you become aware of, of this this fact that people almost treat it as, as winning a match. If I don't know, Man United managed to beat Manchester City to a signing or something, like yeah, we beat you. Well, not really. Um, and yet that attitude seems to be coming in. And it's I wouldn't say it's anywhere near as as much that in Argentina, but it's obviously given a slightly different focus by the fact that there is, as Leo kind of hints at in his question, this risk of losing key players to, to bigger clubs abroad um, on a, a regular or semi-regular basis. I would agree. I, I think that River, with, with what Leo says, I think River could probably use a, a left-back with, with Saraki having gone to Leipzig. Um, but apart from that, they don't seem to have too much. I mean, they they brought in Quintero in January. They brought in um, Armani, of course, in January, who was the big problem position. And otherwise, he, he seems happy enough with the squad. Um, Prato then... Uh, uh, Suculini who's clearly a, a substitute for mm. for Poncio, it won't start in the in the from won't be in the starting lineup clearly, and they, as I think we said last episode that the big spending of money for River was in the, in January, uh, and you have said just before that uh, Armani and Quintero were key. They needed for a goalkeeper. Now Boca is looking for uh, another goalkeeper. And they can find it. So, um, yeah, sometimes to keep the the team is uh, the same. It, it has the same importance, or even is more important than to sell to 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 uh, sign sign new players. As for example, Boca is doing. I say Boca because it's of course the opposite to River, and it's having a, a very different policy. Uh, 
in terms of, of signings and uh, bringing kids to the team as they are are covering the, those kids with new players so constantly new players new signings as uh, it's like something that is repeated every season and and finally the 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 players that perhaps Boca doesn't have players and we don't know because they they don't put him, put them Maroni is the perhaps the only one or Almendra who will be for will win the uh, Alcudia tournament for under 20 national team I think yeah uh, and then they have they don't have any very much space Paris Betancourt was one that uh, was sold to Juventus and then is two or three not any not more than that mm. uh, Maroni will possibly uh, leave for to play for Tacheres in return or changing him for Lassa. Although there is some pushback on that one from Maroni and his family because apparently they're massive Instituto fans, so he doesn't want to go. Yes, and, that's and Boca is sort of going, oh, go on, go, because we want to do this yes. deal. Uh, it, it seems very peculiar the way that Boca have started to yes. make quite the number of deals with Tacheres as they have done, like with one particular club. Um, it, it's one of the more interesting stories I think of this transfer window but we're not going to go into it in too much detail because I'm not really sure what's going on I mean it kind of seems like there might be something going on but I don't know what it is so. and they're, they're uh, signing players as, we, as if they had not three tournaments to play but five perhaps hmm. but well uh, that is their policy and they have money and they can do it uh, they have uh, a new sponsor in their t-shirt as River for example doesn't have anyone oh we have to say something about that by the way yes. if you like classic football shirt designs and you have some taste and, and therefore as a result feel um, that sponsors splashed across football shirt chests are a bad thing uh, then you're definitely going to want to try and get hold of an, um, uh, an example of the new River Plate shirt um, because River had I don't think we mentioned this last week um they had a bit of a falling out with, with the previous shirt sponsor that they had um, about how much the new season was going to be worth to them. And I think that the previous shirt sponsor, who we're not going to mention because they're not giving us any money, so why should we? Um, you probably know who it is if you, if you follow Argentine football. But anyway, I think that they said um, pretty much that they decided to gamble that, that River were just trying to play hardball and they'd soften their stance. They said, well, look, we're not giving you any more than this. And River's response was to go, OK, we'll just play without, without sponsors. So River um, do have a sleeve shirt sponsor, which is a very well-known Chinese mobile telephone manufacturer. Um, but across the middle of the shirt, nothing at all. And the new shirt, not the one they played in the Copa Argentina in at the weekend, because for some reason they used last season's shirt for that. But the new one has the stripe going all the way up over the shoulder as well. It is beautiful. Um, so if, if you like classic shirts, or indeed if you're a River fan, or if you like classic shirts and you're not really bothered about clubs either way, um, you might want to try and get hold of one of those before December, because apparently in December they are going to yes. sort out a new uh, shirt sponsor. Yes, Donofrio said that he does, didn't uh, deny or, or didn't uh, discard the possibility of having a foundation or, or a not-governmental go- organization, mm. uh, like, for example, Barcelona that had Qatar Foundation, I think, uh, well, that was due to quite a lot of money from the Qatar well, um, Foundation people, who, who, which oh, I wouldn't I saw, say is an NGO, but they did yes, before that have UNICEF, UNICEF. Yeah, yes. uh, which is the probably yes. a better example. Yes, not the Qatar, sorry. Uh, and Qatar is the from the country where Boca has their sponsor, which mm. is very, of course, uh, I think with a lot of money, and well, River in the, this case doesn't have that possibility, 
Although one of River's rumoured sponsors, uh, new sponsors, which didn't come to pass yes. this time around, was another um, Middle Eastern airline yes. from a country which quite famously has a bit of a rivalry with Qatar yes. at the moment. So that one was an interesting... So as, as Boca has, for example, and there are left back... back uh, I, I think British Airways should go for the River Shirt sponsorship. British That'd be Airways. really funny, wouldn't it? Seeing an Argentine, major Argentine yes. club with, with British splashed across Or, or Fly Airminates. Yes, who has n- almost no experience, or uh, Machada, who has already played there three, two or three matches, doing it well, and, and even he offered, I can do that. So, uh, well, uh, that is a difference between one policy, or the, 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 the possibility that Boca has to sign players and River, who he says, well, no, I don't care, I will, I will uh, try to fix it with another player, and, mm. and well. Uh, this is it indeed uh, Bud Bundy says can you revisit the reason why Sarate left Vélez for Boca and the reason for the anger from the Vélez side I never really heard the story I think we mentioned it a week or two ago but perhaps we didn't give enough detail um, basically Maro Sarate uses Vélez when he needs some playing time <laughs> when he falls out of favour in Europe uh, which is what happened last year so he came back He played at Vélez because they're his boyhood club and the fans love him there and the, Sar- the fans love the whole Saraday family there. Um, and he sort of Used allowed them to yeah. think that he was going to um, extend his contracts and extend his stay there and then didn't about turn aside for Boca for money. Yes, yeah, so, um, it has to be for money, right? It's a typical That's, case in which there is a player that says I am a, a supporter of Vélez and I won't play in any other club uh, than Vélez in Argentina well and but they, they were already do- I mean the, the last Vélez home game of last season they say got uh, cameras and got I think I mentioned it on Hunt the Pod actually when it happened uh, got cameras and took them down there before the game and filmed a bunch of fans pleading with Sarate to stay at the club and then showed it to Sarate after the game and he did this sort of whole thing of pretending to be really emotionally moved by it and crying and going, oh, well, we'll see what happens. Well, it was pretty obvious. I mean, the fact that they were doing it then suggested that, you know, around the club and and everything, everybody knew there was a realistic chance he was going to be going. Okay, maybe not to another Argentine club. Um, But, you know, I think it's that, basically. I mean, we actually got a response from, I'm assuming, a Vélez fan. Yes. Um, A little later... Which isn't showing up on my mentions here. It showed up on on the other ones that I had. It was uh, the an answer to that question. Basically saying that, yes. saying you know he, he he left us for money. So, fucking. Um, yes, I, I think even English Dan when we record with recorded with English Dan, we we talked about that, and uh, Rolando Sarate, his brother and an agent, said that he betrayed even his family. Mm. So it's something that apparently tried not to. To say it very loud, in a loud voice, of course, because uh, he knew that the reaction would be of an angry brother, an angry family, and, of course, the supporters who burned, burned the T-shirts the way, same way that Napoli supporters reacted when he moved to Juventus, yeah. or similar. Um, and, yes, that's 
perhaps the the most difficult part because he he prom promised a lot of things and he didn't uh, uh, well and he admitted well this is the first time I don't uh, uh, well he didn't uh, keep his word yes of course yeah uh, Darren Paul says how excited are you for the return of Gustavo Bull um, to I, which I English Dan replied Sam and Andres not very I would imagine and I've responded um, on Twitter well Bull is back but Lautaro Martinez is not there anymore yeah. so I don't know whether it's better or worse I, I, as we said last week I think it's a good uh, replacement you know yes. if, if you're going to need somebody to replace Lautaro then um, he's as good as anybody uh, as for excited I responded I, I say that GIF of Alan as Partridge a River supporter as a river supporter, not as a neutral, mm. uh, 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 someone that analyzes in a neutral position, I see it better for River, for uh, for both to play against River than Lautaro Martinez. Uh, as Lautaro Martinez is the the star, the young player that that even when River defeated Racing at the in the last match in Avellaneda, uh, Lautaro Martinez Lautaro Martinez was close to score and because of Armani he couldn't. But uh, uh, I, s I see it clearly uh, better for River to to both for to be there than than, than Lautaro. So whether I'm talking with the uh, River sympathising bit or the neutral bit of my head, I I just don't really care about transfers that much. I don't get excited about transfers. I get excited about watching football matches. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that basically, Jamie says, any thoughts on the news that Ezequiel Barco has apparently been suspended by his coach Tata Martino for trying it on with the misses of one of his teammates? Um, there was a I mean, my thoughts are that he shouldn't have done it, obviously. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to go on John Terry when I wrote a piece for the uh, MLS website when he signed, saying that he, he could have a national team future ahead of him. Um, but, um, well, we'll see. Oh, so he was with the wife of a teammate? Apparently, he well, apparently he tried to chatter up. I don't know how. Only far suspended for two matches because of that. Well, it's a heavy, a, a, a light. Uh, uh, I think because Tata Martino said in a press conference he won't be available for the following two matches, and it's no, a disciplinary issue. He else. said, but he yes. didn't say anything more. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. The, the reports. I don't know who made the initial reports, so I can't tell you how well grounded they are. I can't tell you whether they would have stood up in, in British newspapers if he was playing for an English side, because, of course, in England, the libel laws are much stricter. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. If if he has indeed, as I say, turned into the Argentine John Terry, um, then I'll be very disappointed, because he's a player I've always liked. But we'll see. Yusuf Amin says, Do you think Lautaro and Icardi can work as a partnership? And Dakota Andres says, Will Lautaro and Icardi be a power duo across all Euro top leagues this season? Uh, to Dakota's question, I'm not sure about across all of them because they are only going to play in the Italian one. Um, but haha, thanks, I'm here all week. Uh, do you think that they can work as a partnership? Is basically, you know, the essence of both of those questions. Yes, <laughs> that's the, the idea, and the, they have already uh, showed it in a couple of. Yeah, for some problems. reason, um, I've seen quite a few of Inter's or, or quite a few bits of, of all of Inter's pre-season friendlies so far because they've been showing all of them. Um, on DirecTV or on ESPN or on Fox. Uh, I'm not really quite sure why they've been going so mad on Inter. Possibly for the Racing uh, um, vote, who knows. Um, but yeah, no, they, they're combining pretty well so far, and if they can put that through, of course, they're, they're both tremendously talented strikers. They ought to be able to play off one another. They have complementary 
um, skill sets. Obviously, when Lautaro was first, when the, when the deal was initially done, we were thinking that it was going to be to replace Icardi. Indeed, it still might prove to be that. But if Icardi stays, um, then yes, basically, is the answer to those. Um, there is then a bit of a discussion about the Alan Partridge gif, with which I responded to the question about Bo. Um, Tom Robinson has a very good one, which I forgot to Google beforehand. Is there an update on the murder of Facundo Espindola? Well, there, he was a former goalkeeper. That uh, He was known for being the goalkeeper of Almagro, uh, well, second division team. Um, he was killed after, uh, uh, I think, at, when he was... Uh, going Almagro. out from Sorry, yes, he was going out from a, a bar, I think, or something like that, and and he was I th- apparently from a car where it was another player, a former Santelmo and uh, Huracan striker. I think he, there was something that said was said to Spinola from that car. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reacted and started fighting and discussing, and even when when there, I, I think there was someone that tried to separate them. But finally, he was shot from up. Well, it was it wasn't clear, but apparently it, uh, that player, uh, Nahuel Oviedo, the former Santelmo player, uh, uh, is involved in that case and is, I think, uh, he, now it's in jail or well, uh, yeah, waiting he's for the in custody. Yes, um, as the person who did it, apparently, or, or he's, yes. he's the suspect, basically. Um, that's about as much of an update as we can give you. It happened a couple of days ago, um, yes. and yeah, I mean that's that's all that's really been reported on it so far. I have just given it a quick Google while Andres was talking. Um, so yeah, of course the family we has to mourn uh, and is crying because of the what they did to him and what well, that's mm. unfortunately the the news that we have. Perhaps realising that he'd lowered the mood a little bit, Tom got straight back in and asked us a slightly more upbeat question. He says, do you think Ezequiel Palacios is in for a big season? Every time I watch him, I'm more impressed. Uh, yeah. Yes. And as we said already, um, Rivers' uh, approach to this transfer window seems to have been to put faith in what they've got and to try and bring a few more of the kids through. And Palacios, I think, is going to be a, an increasingly big part. He's taking advantage of Enzo Perez is not being in the team because he yeah. participated in the World Cup. Then... Oh, sorry, I thought... Karen, I don't know what that was, but... Um... No. Uh, uh, and then, well, he had to have some days of, uh, like, a, a break and, and vacations... Uh, uh, taking back the, for, for the vacation that he had to interrupt to go to the World Cup mm. and uh, he did well I think he took advantage very well of that possibility and the it, other thing is uh, you would think that like Leonardo Poncio isn't going to be running around quite as much isn't going to be maybe getting as much playing time as he has been those central midfielders in particular Palacios I would expect yes. are going to get more playing time whether it's due to Perez not playing or whether it's due to Poncio yes. not playing or whatever and I had to Palacios I had uh, another kid that I of course, it's re, uh, uh, it's in the first uh, matches that he's playing, and it's the his first uh, uh, face at, at, at the first mm. division. But Christian Ferreira is another kid. It's more an engancho, more uh, creative midfielder than in the uh, central midfielder. But uh, I think he's another kid that will have presence. Uh, I think that Gallardo will give him more and more minutes. Of course, little by little as. Uh, the way he likes to do, not to 
put the players just in the, for the first minute to burn them. Mm. But it's another kid I think that will have to put an eye on, on him. Thank you for that uh, recommendation. Alan Vila, uh, ah, he's the person who, who responded um, about Mauro Sarate, uh, explains he claimed that he loved our club and then he left us for a team that's repeatedly screwed us over. So that explains the Sarate situation in a tweet-sized yes. bite for you. Um, Tony says, what is Dario Conca doing? As a free agent, could he be useful for some Superliga club or perhaps in the Bay? Did he ever play for any other Argentine club than River? The answer to the second question is yes. He had a season with Rosario Central um, in about 2007-ish. Um, he is currently a free agent, as, as Tony says. I've, I've not heard anything at all. He's not really that well-known in Argentina. So there's not exactly been a clamour for a person who was once, if I remember rightly, like the third highest played player in the world or something, right, when he first went to China. China, yes. Um, but who has spent the vast majority of the significant bits, let's say, of his career in Brazil. Um, he is now like 35 Five? or 36 or something. Yeah. So Strange. Yeah. Wait, can you say perhaps a conca believer or something like that? Because it's something that comes from nothing. No, uh, I mean, you know, we've, we've mentioned yes. him before here. I've seen a little bit of him play, he, especially in the Libertadores. But he is a player I just completely forget he exists his, because he just doesn't appear on the radar here. Yeah, I don't remember where he, he did his uh, uh, youth divisions, uh, preparations. What, River? No, but okay. he made his debut there. Uh, there was another team in which he played before in the uh-huh. in the in the Jazz divisions. Then he made his debut for River with when Mar- uh, um, Pellegrini was the Ch- Chilean uh, coach uh, was there in, at, at River, and then he lost uh, room in the first division and went to University of Chile. Uh, sorry, University Católica, where he also Tigre. He started out in Tigre and made his debut for them at the age of 15 in the second division, uh, apparently. Oh, I thought that he was at Libre that Well, it's, it, this is what it says on Wikipedia, but then in his statistics it's got Tigre, appearances zero. Well, so I'm a little bit unclear on what they think a, de- a debut consists of, but anyway, well, carry on. Then he, he has two or three years at Universidad Católica where he also played well. Uh, and after that, yes, Fluminense and well, China were their best uh, player, uh, the best uh, places in where he played. Mm. Yeah. Um, so no, at the moment, not doing much. Yes. Basically, this is the answer that we can give you. Um, Darren Paul says, "How devastated are you at the loss of Lautaro, Pulpo, and Musso?" Probably following up on uh, our rather ambivalent Twitter reaction. Uh, to his question about the excitement over Gustavo Bo. Um He says, obviously, Lautaro is the biggest loss to the league. His football's been different class, but we will rue the risk of the loss of Pulpo and Musso greatly. Especially Musso. He saved our bacon plenty last season. I, you know, Whilst, again, not really being that devastated about their losses, um, I agree that all of them are going to be tricky uh, for Racing to get around. Um, I think that, that Pulpo Gonzalez might be a a more difficult one to replace than Musso, but that's yes. having paid very, absolutely no attention to who Racing have replaced Musso with. What, so. what are the the players that have come to Racing for this season? I I what I could read before uh, recording is that Eugenio Mena is not it, uh, the Chilean left back was sure to to uh, a short signing, and now it's not that clear, perhaps. Because uh, Bahia, the, the team in which, where Eugenio Mena is, doesn't want him to leave after the 2nd or 3rd of August. 
or something like that. But uh, Racing have signed Jonathan Cristaldo on a free transfer from Belles, Gustavo Bo from Tijuana, Gabriel Arias from Union La Calera. He's the goalkeeper. He played for Gimna. He was one of the two Ariases. So he played for either Defensa Justicia or Gimnasia, didn't he, a couple of seasons ago. and was one of our... Uh, they were both, I remember, in, in our pick for squad of the tournament at the end of the season. Um, and Nelson Acevedo has come back from a loan to Union and will be taken into account, as the phrase here goes. Um, so actually, having just seen that Gabriel Arias is probably going to be the new goalkeeper, uh, I would reiterate what I said about, in my opinion, I think it's going to be Gonzalez, who, who they're going to miss most. I apologise if you can hear some fiddling around. The cat has decided to plonk herself down right in front of the microphone um, and lick herself. I wish I could send you a picture, but I can't. Um, Darren Paul with another one. Will the AFA slash Superliga ever get its house in order and play a straight 38-game 20-team league? This year's competition is a piss-take. Excuse the harsh language. First of all, Darren, that was not harsh language. How long have you been listening to Hand the Pod for? Um, secondly... As we've said before, the plan is for the AFA to shrink the league down to either 20 or 22 teams and then have everybody playing everybody else home and away uh, over the course of the season. They obviously can't do that with the current number of teams. Um, well, I mean, you wouldn't be able to have everybody playing everybody else home and away with the current number of teams. It, uh, it would There aren't enough weekends, basically, in the, in the year, never mind in a football season. Um, and so they've had to compromise. It is a complete dog's dinner. Everybody's going to play everybody else once, so there'll be 25 matches, um, and then we're going to have a Superliga Cup at the end, which somebody has asked about, so we won't go into more detail about that. But yeah, basically, it's slowly getting its house in order, but you know, even then, there'll be plenty of other stuff for us to continue complaining about, don't worry. Tony, here we go. I told you there was a question about the Copa de la Superliga. Um, is back, he says, on a more serious note from his previous question, why, are there, why were there only 25 rounds in nine months odd of the Superliga? I've just given the answer to that one um, because that's how many matches there are, basically. And then will the Copa de la Superliga compensate for the lack of league matches? Why is there a new competition when the Copa Argentina is still a novelty? What's the plan for the next seasons, the format, the promedios? Thank you. So, the first of all, go to my blog, as I mentioned earlier, for the Superliga fixtures and also for a different post on the structures of the Superliga and the lower divisions in the next few seasons. But to recap really briefly, the Copa de la Superliga is precisely to compensate for the lack of league matches. Uh, the television companies weren't happy with the season that was going to end in April um, and therefore have people unsubscribing from the Taquete Football early on. Um, so the Copa de la Superliga is going to be the top six clubs in the Superliga uh, will qualify automatically for the last 16 and then the remaining 20 will play off um, against each other in a series of one-off, I think one-off, possibly two-legged playoffs and the 10 winners will go into the last 16 as well and first we'll play whoever finishes lowest second I think certainly home advantage in the second leg from that point on will go to the team who finished highest up the league the final will be a one-off in a neutral venue um, how long it lasts for is going to depend what the Superliga people have said is if it's a success then it might carry on for a bit if it's not yeah, we'll see what happens so don't worry, it's not going to be a monstrosity that necessarily continues forever when everybody realises how stupid it is. Um, but yeah, it's basically just to fill the TV schedules because on the one hand you can't have a 50-round league championship and on the other they realised that 25-round league championship wasn't really enough football to be giving everybody um, or more to the point selling everybody. 
Chris Hartley says, what are the reasons that Argentine football does not produce great keepers or defenders anymore? Lack of vision in in youth coaching? Lack of portrayals, lack of creativity, uh, lack of a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, as, as uh, I've lamented a fair lack bit. Lack of viewers, perhaps, Possibly, or, or scouters. Yeah. I, I would say that uh, we've mentioned this a fair bit, actually. Goalkeepers, I, I think Argentina's fairly well stocked for decent goalkeepers, really below the absolute top level. Um, but they don't go to Europe for some reason. Um, but, you know, uh, we've lamented in recent weeks during the World Cup and everything as well, talking about the national team, um, that Argentina isn't really producing top-class midfielders at the moment either. Um, so it might be a generational thing. It might be to do with, with the organisation. Um, it might be, uh, and I think one thing that is going to ha- help is if the AFA ever get their shit together and, and sort out a cohesive plan to bring players through a national youth team system again. Um, of which we'll probably talk, I guess, a bit more next week because otherwise we're going to go over time a bit this week. Um, but, yeah, sort of a combination of all of those things. Nate Cubeta, which Argentine sides have the best chance in the Libertadores and the Sudamericana, respectively? Well, Lanús don't have a very good chance, we can tell you that, because they're out of the Sudamericana. I would say San Lorenzo ought to be one of the challenges um, for the Sudamericana. I'm sure if Mariano were here, he would say that I'm overestimating their abilities because he's been quite disparaging of them recently. Um, but I think that they are you know, clearly the Argentine side who are most likely to do some damage, although obviously defensively this year, um, if they can uh, survive the second leg against El Nacional have put themselves in a good position with a 2-0 first leg win um, to at least get into the last 16, which from their point of view is, is fantastic. And they're going to have the pressure off. Um, but I think San Lorenzo are, are, are probably going to be the favourites in the Sudamericana and the Libertadores we've not really talked about because it hasn't got underway yet but to recap the fixtures there these mostly start in the second week of August uh, some of them don't start until a bit later in August but Racing play River in the last 16 Independiente are playing Santos Estudiantes are playing Gremio Atletico Tucumán are playing Atletico Nacional um, and Boca are playing Libertad it's a very, very boring prediction to make, but I think that the two best-suited um, teams to the competition are River and Boca. Um, River are a knockout knockout team, as it were. Um, they've, they've got very good under Marcelo Gachado at cup football, whether that's domestically or, or continentally, although obviously last year was a bit of a, a blip. Even then, while playing poorly, they still made the semi-finals of the Libertadores. Um, and Boca have a point to prove and as we were saying have put together a ridiculously deep squad Uh, they perhaps don't have the most with it manager at all times but even then Guillermo Barrosa-Cadotto has won some stuff in his career Um, so those I think are probably the two favourites Yes, the thing that perhaps they they, they are missing is a goalkeeper as they are uh, well, it's something wrong in the term, in the since the in the point of view of not uh, uh, standing Austin Rossi as all the time there is a different goalkeeper every day there is a different goalkeeper mentioned to sign for Boca and that is not good for him as it's the for up today is the goalkeeper that he, that is playing for Boca from the starting of the matches hmm. uh, and of course that's something that not, not very good for the confidence of 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 the of, of him of, of the goalkeeper. Uh, Ochoa, Ospina, Guzman, Rulli, Marchesin, Andújar. Uh, now it's uh, uh, who was the other one? Well, uh, the Buffon who was <laughs> pure smoke. De Gea. But, 
Romero, Sergio yeah, Romero. Sergio Romero. Was uh, actually a series they mentioned one. Uh, and now there was another uh, Andrada de Lanús goalkeeper. Mm. Uh, so uh, I think that's a, that's a problem for Boca because Rossi is not the best goalkeeper. But if you demonstrate that you are looking for a goalkeeper desperately, of course that's not a good sign for him. Uh, and he doesn't show their best performances even in, in friendlies like last night against Colorado Rapids. It was a, a, a apparently or in the preview. An easy uh, friendly, and they ended up losing it on penalties. Mm. Now the the friendlies are decided on penalties also, so uh, that's I think the only thing that Boca has to res to solve. Because af apart from the goalkeeper, they have two teams that can play in Copa Libertadores and the Superliga, and and, and because of the quality of the players, win all all of the uh, both of of those competitions. Of course, there is something that they didn't do still, which is to bring to the, together those those players and, and and make them a team. Yeah, indeed. Um, I think that's it. Those are all the questions. Um, if you're a Hand of Pod extra listener, then you will get the opportunity uh, to listen already to uh, the thing that Andres and I are now going to record. Probably a little bit of a preview um, of uh, what we mentioned a few minutes ago of, of the, the AFA's current plans for the national team um, structure, which are very slowly coming into shape, maybe. Um, thank you very much for those of you who are. Uh, if you're not a Pod extra listener and you'd like to find out how to become one, then you can visit patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash handofpod, um, and sign up there. If you support us to the tune of $5 a month or more, then you get at least one, and it's normally going to be two. This week it's only been one so far, um, because there wasn't really much to talk about over the weekend. Um, extra episodes, 10-15 minute episodes uh, of us going into a little bit more depth, or just talking a bit of shit after we finish recording episodes as well. Um, Thank you very much to all those of you who are doing that. Thank you very much to all of you for listening for another week, for sharing, for giving us praise on Twitter or on Facebook or on iTunes or wherever. Um, we couldn't do it without you. For now, it's thanks and good night from Andres. Thank you. Good night. And from me, goodbye. At the end of that, I have one half-time score and one full-time score to give you. Um, Boston River versus Banfield has just finished 1-0 in Montevideo. The second leg of that Copa Sudamericana tie is going to be played next week. Um, and the other match you will remember that we were talking about was Huracan against Victoriano Arenas in the Copa Argentina. That one was 1-0 to Huracan at half-time and then it was called off because it's been pissing down in Buenos Aires. Um, the second half is going to be played at half-past three on Thursday afternoon. Um in two halves of one of 22 minutes and one of 23 minutes because it's the AFA. Bye for now.